This is the last full day of our winter retreat, 2022. This time tomorrow morning, uh, Lumpur should be joining us for the sitting, and then at the end of that, he'll offer a, a few reflections, and we'll have the ceremony for asking for forgiveness and closing the retreat, sharing our blessings. So we have the idea of one, one day, one day left after 85 or 90 days of, of retreat. The mind can easily create ideas of the future. But when the retreat's over then, I want to do this, I have to do that, it's going to be this way. I hope it won't be that way. I always like to emphasize the closing days of a retreat like this. This is the ideal opportunity to look at whatever states of becoming, that bhava tanha, whatever of those states arise to get to know those, the mind creating an, an imagined future and then leaning into that, breathing life into that, and thereby missing this present reality. We can say just one day, it's kind of over already, but if this was a day-long meditation that you'd been looking forward to for a couple of months, it would be Really special, finally, a whole day to practice meditation. Wow, wonderful. So is a day a long time or a short time? Long and short, uh, judgments made on human conditioning. One second can feel like a really long time. A year can go by in a finger snap. Ten years. Just a blink of an eye and a lifetime has passed. We can take this opportunity this day to to look at any of those becoming urges how the mind creates the future. Whether you're a winter retreat support team member who's about to go off someplace else, or you're a resident Sangha member looking to pick up particular duties, activities, a long-term lay resident, wherever we might be in the constellation of those who've gathered together for this time. Notice those ways that the mind creates an imagined future, then tries to inhabit it, go and live in that. Like building castles in the clouds and then going off to stay in them. But there's no real staying, there's no abiding. These are just aspects of imagination. The Dhamma is always here and now, 
ever-present, can't be anywhere else. So I notice those habits of creating the future, who you want to talk to, where you've got to go, what you want to happen, what you don't want to happen. Notice those waves of feeling, however they might arise, whatever shape they might take. Notice those waves and say, well, in this moment, here is the mind imagining a future. It feels like this. It's this way. To continually bring the attention to this present reality, the Pachupana Dhamma, the here and now reality. This is where truth lies. This is where freedom is possible. Remembering the past or imagining the future, we are not there. Liberation is impossible in the absorption into a a memory or an idea, a plan. Liberation, that change of heart that knows and sees things in a completely different way, that can only happen now, in this very moment. That's why when the Buddha was asking his his disciples, uh, how do you develop mindfulness? And then they said, uh, oh, I... I imagine that we've only got 80 years to live, or 60 years, or 50 years, or one year to live. You say, you're not developing mindfulness skillfully, wisely. So only you've got half a year, or one month, a week, a day to live. And no, you're not developing mindfulness skillfully or completely. It goes all the way down to, to two, the last two that he speaks to, and that one says, We can only expect to live for as long as it takes to swallow a mouthful of food that you've already chewed. Or to go from, and the other one was to go from the beginning to the end of an in-breath or the beginning to the end of an out-breath. That's the span of reasonable expectation. Three or four seconds. And then the Buddha praises those last two. He says, yes, you, you develop mindfulness skillfully, wisely. That's the lifespan that we can reasonably look forward to. Three or four seconds. The rest is imagination, hope and fear, projection. Just this little patch of time, from the beginning to the end of one breath, Not even the time it takes to put some food in your mouth and chew it. It's the time it takes to swallow some food you've already chewed. Well, these are helpful reflections. I use these uh, every day myself. To let go of the future, to let go of the past, to ground the attention in the present reality, where... Dhamma is to be found, where liberation is to be found. It's not when these reflections are finished or when the sitting has begun or when we get back to our kuti, our room, when the retreat's over. We bring attention to the present 
because this is where a difference can be made. In this moment, what is this mind doing with the experience of this moment? And this is the one place a difference can be made. Hence, so much of the Buddha's teaching points right to this. Dukkha and the ending of Dukkha. How the mind relates to this moment. If there's clinging, attachment, identification, then notice that, feel that, acknowledge that. And in that acknowledgement, let that give rise to relaxation, easing, letting go. If there's genuine wisdom, awakened awareness, then the recognition of clinging brings about a relaxation. The heart adjusts on its own. And dukkha comes to an end right here. Not as some kind of apocalyptic event off at the end of some big meditation program, but in this moment, when the clinging stops, when the becoming stops, bhava nirodho nibbanang, when the grasping, when the becoming stops, here is peace. Nibbana, here and now. Letting go of I and me and mine, letting go of past and future, letting go of identification with a place, physical location, letting go of concepts, language, all forms of construction, compounding, the sankata, the formed, letting go of the apparently formed to awaken to the unformed, the unborn, unoriginated, uncreated. Non-conceptual, non-verbal, or even language and number don't apply. Concepts don't apply. Structures of any kind don't apply. Time doesn't apply. Location doesn't apply. Identity doesn't apply. In those moments of clarity, freedom from grasping, freedom from identification, freedom from location, conceptualization, notice the quality of that. What's the, the feeling? What's the felt sense of this present reality when there's no grasping? How is it? We don't have to create an idea about it or write a poem about it or paint a picture even. Give it a name. Just to know, to feel, to embody that quality of spacious, peaceful simplicity, limitlessness. Feel that, know that. This is the quality of, of this present reality when the grasping stops. It's like this. And let that speak for itself. 
each moment. As Lumpur Sumedha would say so often, it's not a matter of doing something now to be enlightened in the future, but being awake now. This is what this is pointing to. Letting the the nature of the heart, the jitta, know itself. This is dhamma aware of its own nature, here and now. The mind, the heart is dhamma. The jitta is dhamma. It's not a person. It doesn't belong to a person. It isn't a person. It's the dhamma itself. When the grasping stops, when the identification stops, when that's let go of, seen through, abandoned, then here is the dhamma aware of its, its own nature, its own quality. The events of the world, the people around us, the feelings of our physical form, the sensations of the body, the sky, the ground, the trees, the people, the buildings, they arise and take shape and this life responds in accord with the needs of each moment. But that quality of accord, of attunement, It's grounded in the mind being awake to this present reality. Knowing memory, knowing imagination, knowing sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, knowing them, these aspects of the world, as they arise, take shape, as they dissolve. And mysteriously, when there's this fundamental attunement to the present reality, this makes it that much easier to adapt and to work with the perceptions of the world, the inner world, the outer world, as they arise and take shape. As things need to be done, then we find we can join in and do them. If nothing needs to be done, we find we can just leave things alone. The heart is free of compulsions, preoccupations. It's attuned, attentive, in accord with its own reality and with the reality of the, the whole natural order. <laughs> 